Hey there, future fans. This week, we get catfished, we drive into a war zone, and mama, we just kill the man. It's the week of November 2nd, 2018, and you're listening to episode 111 of Future Flicks with Billiam. everyone welcome welcome to the show welcome back i hope you celebrated halloween i I hope you had a good one i hope you watched some really good movies because you know what the someone nerdy podcast and my very own show future flicks we uh we had some good movies to recommend for you we really did we offered you a bunch of movies and i hope you found at least one to watch in the menagerie we offered you and you know what if, if you did get a chance to i hope you saw the new halloween uh i saw this and i liked it quite a bit they're already talking about doing a sequel but you know what even if they don't i think this is a really good movie well this week we have uh, we have some news we have some trailers isn't that weird we never do those things and then we have movies well before we get into those things let us do the introduction let us get the opening housekeeping out of the way this is Future Flicks with Billiam. Thus, you can assume I, the one talking to you, am Billiam, and you would assume correctly. On this show, I go over a lot of things. We always start out with a little introduction, which is always improv. Those are my college improv skills coming out. Can't you tell by the extreme quality that I, I produce each and every week here? Then we go into the news, any new news that has caught my eye since the last episode, and the same with the trailers, any new trailers that have caught my eye since the last episode. And then we go into the movies, which are broken up into two categories, the limited releases, which I mainly just say what it's about and who's in it, maybe I'll say a couple things. And then we go into the wide releases and interesting indies. Those, of course, are, if, if you couldn't guess by the name, wide releases and indie movies I thought were interesting thus worth talking about because in this segment or in that segment i tell you what the movie's about and who's in it and i get my thoughts on it and i wrap up those thoughts in a nice little bow that i call the billiams interest level score aka the bill score that can go anywhere from a zero for those terrible terrible movies to an 11 for those movies that turn it up that extra notch and it's been a while since we had a true 11 I just realized that, but just because a movie doesn't get an 11 doesn't mean it's not worth it. Then we end the show with the question of the week, and then I send you along your way. I do. And how do you listen to this show? Well, you have found me some way, but if you want other ways, you can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website and Facebook page. I am currently writing a lot of blogs that I plan to release over the next, well, time. At least one a week, maybe two a week, if you're lucky. And you can find those blogs, you can find this show on somewhatnerdy.com. Well, let us step into the first segment of the show, which, as always, is the news. This just in from Hollywood, the news. 
you know that Disney is never going to let its money-making franchises die, right? They'll only let them go once they stop bringing in cash, and that goes for everything from Marvel to Pirates of the Caribbean. Though here's the thing, the franchise is going to continue, but without the former, now former, main character, Captain Jack Sparrow. This story comes to us from The Guardian. While no one from Disney actually came out and said this, I believe that this has a lot to do with the controversy surrounding the star as of late. Controversy that ranges from abuse, allegations, I'm sorry, of abuse from his ex Amber Heard to allegations of poor wages and working conditions from his hired help. This could also be, though, that Disney just wants to take the franchise in a different direction. They recently hired Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, writers of Deadpool, to draft a new script. Nothing is set in stone yet, so there's no set release date. You will find out when I find out. Good news is brought to us by The Wrap. Reports are saying that Tyler Perry is putting Medea to rest for good next year when his film, Tyler Perry's A Medea Family Funeral, opens on March 1st. He said in an interview, quote, I just don't want to be her age playing her, end quote. And you know what? I get that. A lot of times, if a star is known for one thing, especially a very unique character like Medea, then they try to, then they eventually want to get away from that. And at least with Tyler Perry, I don't think he's trying to escape it because Tyler Perry is a huge name. He is already big, and 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 people may think of Medea when they think of him, but he has had many very well received movies and TV shows. So he he doesn't need to get rid of this character. I think he's just tired. And I can understand. So for now, the Medea for now the Medea movies will be done, of course, after the release of the next one. But who knows? Maybe sometime later, five, ten years down the road, we'll see Medea again. But as of now, she is on her way out. And folks, do you wish that Hollywood would turn more anime into movies? Well, you psychopath, I have good news for you. Variety is reporting that director Andy Muschietti has been hired by Warner Brothers to direct a live-action Attack on Titan film. Warner Brothers just finalized the deal with the Japanese publishing company Kodansha this past Monday. David Heyman, Barbara Muschietti, and Masi Oka, that's right, Masi Oka from Heroes and Hawaii Five-0, and though I do love Masi Oka, I think we should see more of him in, in movies and on television, I do worry about him as a producer because he was a producer on the Netflix Death Note series or Death Note movie. You know, that one that a lot of people got angry about for whitewashing, but anime fans just hated it because it was terrible. Yeah, that one. Anyway, they are all signed on as producers. That's David Hyman, Barbara Muschietti, Masioka. And this will be Muschietti, as in Andy Muschietti's next film after he finishes It Chapter 2, which has a September 6th, 2019 release date. And did you guys hear the Deadpool news? Some of you may have heard that there was an untitled Deadpool movie set for release December 21st, and it's been confirmed that this film is the PG-13 cut of Deadpool 2. The good news is that this is more than just an edited cut of the movie. It will have new scenes that were filmed with Ryan Reynolds donning the suit again. And these aren't just deleted scenes, these are new scenes recorded recently for the movie. And that is it for the news. Let us step into everyone's favorite segment, the trailer trove. Avast, and welcome to the trailer trove. How to Train Your Dragon 3 has a new trailer. It's a bad trailer. So just watch the other ones and then you'll be fine. What makes this one bad? 
Uh, the way it's put together makes it look like one of those straight-to-video shitty cartoons where they try and sell the movie by using some original song by some moderately popular artist and the song was written just for the movie. I have really liked this series and I, I'm not going to let this, this less-than-stellar trailer cloud my judgment. Uh, the movies have been good. I've never watched the TV shows I have spun off, uh, but apparently they're all canon. But I don't think you really need to watch the, the TV shows. I think if you just watch the movies, they should be fine. And if you're interested in the continued adventures of Hiccup and Toothless, then watch out for this one on February 22nd. I have a serious question for you guys. I do. Do you like watching Liam Neeson kill people? Then you're in luck. The actor has been typecast, and I'm not sure anyone minds. The film is called Cold Pursuit, and it's a remake of a Norwegian movie called Kraftidjotin. I think that's how you say it, but it's probably nowhere near how you say it, but whatever. It starred Stellan Skarsgård, but this time everyone's favorite badass is taking up the role of a father whose son gets murdered by a drug lord, and thus he sets out to kill each and every drug dealer under the drug lord before he takes out the big guy himself. This film comes out February 8th. And you know something? Those Netflix movies are really upping their game. Just take a look at the latest trailer for Outlaw King, starring Chris Pine, Aaron Taylor Johnson, and Florence Pug, 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 P-U-G-H, Florence Person. That's her. Anyway, this is the movie based on Robert the Bruce, who preceded William Wallace in the fight for Scottish independence from the English. This goes live on Netflix and maybe even some theaters on November 9th. And speaking of Netflix original movies that are upping their game, there's a flick coming out that looks like a quiet place, but with sight instead of sound. This stars Sandra Bullock, Sarah Paulson, B.D. Wong, John Malkovich, Trevante Rhodes, and Lil Rel Howery. In this movie, there are these strange creatures that if you see them, they'll make you see your worst fear, make you go crazy, eventually causing your death. So people hide. People hide in their homes. They have their windows blocked or blacked out. And when they do go out, they go out with blindfolds. So this is about a woman who's raising her, uh, two young children in this world. And of course, something has to go wrong with the children. Something always has to. Because, hell, children get into bad predicaments, apparently, in, in every movie. So keep an eye out for this one coming to Netflix on December 21st. There's a trailer for a new horror film called The Prodigy, and it's not about smacking bitches up. Weird, right? Nor, nor is it about changing pitches up. Anyway, this is the first time I've ever jumped during a trailer. Th this film looks good. This stars Taylor Schilling as a mother who is convinced that her son is possessed after he starts to exhibit disturbing behavior. In an article from Entertainment Weekly, the director, Nicholas McCarthy, said that he had to re-edit the film after test audiences were screaming too much that they were missing dialogue. Though we'll see how real scary it is when it hits theaters in February, on the 8th to be exact. But when it comes to test audiences, I never know where they find these people. Because Anne brought this up a little earlier when they were talking... Uh, when paranormal activity came out they're showing these uh, footages from inside theaters for test audiences and people are screaming and fainting and stuff it's like really i mean it was scary at times it made me jump but not that much like do they just find the weakest people humanly possible to put in these screenings the like the most chicken people to screen horror movies too and when they scream they're like oh we did a good job they screamed but in reality those people would scream in that scene in independence day when they're trying to pry open the the alien casing it just snaps open they should get real horror fans for test audiences then that'd be good 
Uh, the final trailer in the trove is the, a trailer for Von Vox Lux. I always say Von Lux for some reason. Vox Lux, that Natalie Portman and Jude Law film that's been turning a lot of heads, that one. Many who have seen it are calling it the best movie of the year, but I'm honestly not sure what to think. A lot of those people who've been calling it the best movie of the year are also critics, and critics can go suck a dick. This movie looks weird, but not so weird that it can't also be good. This could be one of those weird indie films that can straddle the line between being odd enough to be an indie sensation while also doing well in the mainstream box office. This is about a pop star whose rise to fame was quite strange, and we'll learn the whole story on December 7th. And, you know, before we take the break, I... You know, Snarf Chris has teased me for this and has teased me for this. A lot of people have teased me for this, but I understand that by the definition, I am a critic and I've, I've come, come to peace with that. I, I agree. I am a critic, but I will continue to use the term critic as a four letter word as long as movie hating heads like the ones at Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic are writing reviews and giving bad scores out to fun movies that mindless masses will just eat up and go, oh, I don't want to see this because this other person said it's bad. No, make up your own f***ing mind, okay? When I write a review, or even I suggest a movie, even when I suggest the pick of the week, that's just my pick of the week, okay? I fully believe that all of you, all of my future fans, I believe that you are competent. I believe that you can make your own decisions. I just give you my opinion. Well, with that, let us get into the first break, and you can hear a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Stay tuned. Imagine yourself on a journey with the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast, the bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Alright, we are back. We are back with the limited releases, and you know what? We almost have an even number of limited releases to wide releases and in interesting indies this week. There are quite a few good-looking movies coming out, and even some of the limiteds that didn't make the cut could be good. It's just that the trailers didn't do enough to, to wow me. So let's get started with Monster Party. There ain't no party like a monster party because a group of teenage thieves get a job as caterers at a rich person's dinner party. During the party, they try and steal the contents of their employer's safe only to find out that the employer and her guests are recovering addicts. What are they addicted to, you may ask? Murder. This stars Robin Tunney from The Mentalist and Lance Reddick from John Wick. And somehow, this movie with straight-to-video quality gets two mildly noteworthy people. I mean, Tunney and Reddick aren't household names, but they're popular enough that like did they just really have a lot of downtime and want to do this I, I don't get it anyway let's move on to a movie called bodied a progressive graduate student finds success and sparks outrage when his interest in battle rap as a thesis subject becomes a competitive obsession this stars callum worthy from american vandals season one 
And I don't actually know if this is hitting theaters because this is a YouTube original. So, you know, that could mean that it is hitting some theaters or it could be that you have to have YouTube Red to watch it. Unfortunately, I don't know. This looks like it could be funny. It does. But it also doesn't really paint the hip hop world in a good light. And trust me, that is not a debate I want to get into right now. No, no, no. I'm not sure I ever want to get into that debate. But we have this interesting story with this with this white kid who wants to be a uh, wants to get into rap battles, and this black woman and this Korean uh, guy that he that he befriends along the way. And that part looks interesting. But there's this whole other part of it where it's all 40s and bitches with fat asses, and and it just seems that like two different movies were spliced together. So it could have been good. It could have made it. Next up, uh, we have three documentaries, the first of which is called In Search of Greatness. This is a documentary about the greatest figures in sports history and the secrets of their genius. This features interviews with Jerry Rice, Wayne Gretzky, and Pele. And you know what? I might put more merit into this documentary if it had more than just three people. I mean, Jerry Rice, Wayne Gretzky... Legends, I'm not familiar with Pele because I don't follow soccer or football. And I even think the trailer showed part of the catch. And that wasn't even Jerry Rice. That was Joe Montana and Dwight Clark. I mean, come on, duh. The next documentary is called Searching for Ingmar Bergman. This is a documentary from renowned director Marguerite von Trotta about legendary director Ingmar Bergman. This takes a look at his life and work, both in front of the camera and behind it. Ingmar Bergman, of course, writer and director of The Seventh Seal, a movie I always bring up whenever Bergman comes up, and one of my favorite movies, a great movie with Max von, Max, Max von Sydow. Sydow, I always put an N in that, I don't know why. I understand that not everyone's a fan of classic films, some people find them boring, but th this is one you have to watch. And it's a, it's a classic. And let's move on with the final documentary. This is called Maria by Callas, in her own words. This is an intimate look at the life and work of American opera singer Maria Callas, as told in her own words by never-before-read letters. Maria Callas, a legendary soprano. And no, I'm not saying she's a gangster. She's a singer and a legendary one at that. We have two more movies in the limited section. The next one is called Time Trap. A group of scientists venture deep into a cave system in remote Texas to find their missing archaeology professor. Instead, they get trapped and find that on the outside, time is passing at an alarming rate. And you know what? This trailer looked bad. Nothing about this movie looks good. But if you want to see it, it's up on YouTube. The entire movie is up on YouTube under the wrong name. It's under the name of Journey to the West 2. Full movie, unedited, I, I don't know. You know how some people when they upload things to YouTube put a whole bunch of shit in the title just just because they hope that like you'll search for the wrong thing and find theirs but if you search for a time trap full movie you'll, you'll find it so if you if you want to watch a current movie it's out on youtube right now legally no probably not but the creators of the movie probably just don't have the money to you know look and finally a movie called tiger a practicing sikh is banned by the boxing commission for refusing to shave as it goes against his beliefs instead of backing down he fights back this stars Mickey Rourke from Iron Man 2, Janelle Parrish from Pretty Little Liars, and character actor Marshall Manesh from Will and Grace. Uh, this movie could have been good. It could have been so good. Like, just think of that. Like, uh, based on a true story of this, of this Indian boxer who didn't want to adhere to the rules of the American Boxing Commission for religious beliefs, but still wanted to box. So, so he had to fight the commission to, to get their rules changed. 
And, you know, I can see both sides of this argument. I can see the side of the boxer going, no, I shouldn't have to change my beliefs to do what I love. And I can see the part of the commission going, well, no, 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 we, we've had these rules. These aren't against you at all. This is just the rules we have. You have to shave. So this movie could have been really good, but it looks like it just falls short. Well, that is it for the limited section. Let's take a break and hear a word from our friends at the Nerds of the Squared Circle podcast before we get into the wide releases. Stay tuned. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. Someone to read a comms, Nerds of the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. And we're back. We are back with the wide releases and interesting indies. And there are three interesting indies this week and three wide releases. All of which look pretty good. Like the worst of these movies looks entertaining. But let's start with a cheery film called Boy Erased. Based on the memoir by Gerard Conley, the son of a Baptist preacher is forced to participate in a church-supported gay conversion program after being forcibly outed to his parents. This stars Lucas Hedges from Manchester by the Sea, Nicole Kidman from The Hours, Russell Crowe from L.A. Confidential, and co-starring the director and scriptwriter Joel Edgerton from Gatsby. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that usually with movies like this, it could go one of two ways. I could either hate it because it's pointless pandering bullshit that focuses on its message more than its quality of a movie, or I could love it because it has a good message, something we need to hear, and it looks like a good movie. And I'm happy to say that this is the that this is the latter more than the former. Luckily, we know a few things just by that premise. The fact this is based on a memoir by the guy who went through the conversions therapy, we know that he didn't kill himself during it, which is unfortunately a real possibility. We have these areas of the country that are still so bass backwards that shit like this still goes on. Look, I I'm not here to step on your beliefs. If, if for some reason you believe that homosexuality is wrong, that's a sin, whatever, that's your hang-up, okay? So if that's you, then you're probably going to ignore everything I say here. Maybe even you'll skip to the next movie. Whatever. But what I think this movie offers is a very powerful message. It offers the first-hand experience of someone who went through this, who was raised to believe that being gay is bad, and then is gay, and then is questioning himself going, what? What's going on? I should be liking women. This is wrong. I've been told this is a choice, but I, I've never made a choice. I just see a dude. I'm like, oh, look at that dude. He's pretty hot. So not only do we have this kid, this kid who's questioning himself, but who's not getting the support a child should get when they're going through something like this. And not only that, but his parents go, no, this is wrong. What you're feeling is wrong. There's something wrong with you. Let's put you through this therapy to fix what's wrong with you. And how how does a kid react to that? That what they're feeling deep inside is wrong. And from the looks of this movie, Lucas Hedges does a really good job with that. 
So this movie looks good. But the thing is, this isn't going to be for everyone. No matter where you stand on the issue, you may not want to watch this. You could be the most progressive, left-leaning, equal opportunity, let's love everyone person in the world and still not want to watch this movie. Just because it's not your cup of tea, and that's fine. I think it looks good, but I fully understand that this is not for everyone. Boy Erased gets a 7 out of 11. Next up, ladies and gentlemen, is a movie that I talked about when the trailer came out as I was really excited for it, and now it's coming out. But unfortunately, there are better looking movies that I just want to see first. So that's why it's not the pick of the week. That movie is called A Private War. One of the most celebrated war correspondents of our time, Marie Colvin, is an utterly fearless and rebellious spirit, driven to the front line of conflicts across the globe to give voice to the voiceless. She never hesitated to go into life-threatening situations to expose the truth, which ultimately led to her death in 2012. This is her story. It stars Rosamund Pike from Gone Girl, Jamie Dornan from Fifty Shades of Grey, Tom Hollander from Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, and Stanley Tucci from Spotlight. I like Rosamund Pike. I have. I've liked her ever since I first saw her in, I believe it was, I believe it was Die Another Day. Let's see. Die Another Day. Yes, she, she was a Bond girl. And of course, she was in Gone Girl as, in my opinion, one of the most hateable characters. In fact, no one in that movie was really good. Um, I, I liked the film a lot, but I felt that both Ben Affleck and Rosamund Pike and Neil Patrick Harris, they're all just terrible people. In fact, Tyler Perry's character is probably the most human, <laughs> the, the best person among them. And Rosamund Pike did a great job in that role. But this one, this one looks like her role. If she is going to get another Oscar nomination, this is going to be it. Uh, she does a great, great job. Uh, but let's be honest, just like with the last movie, this is going to be a deep, deep movie. There's nothing fluffy or fun about being a war correspondent. I mean, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot did the best job they could with, uh, with a movie making it lighthearted, but even that was brutal. That, that movie got pretty brutal. So I think that's the, that's the most comedic a war correspondent movie could ever be. But this one ignores the comedy entirely because there's nothing funny about what this woman did. So if you want to watch a pretty intense film about a very brave and very well-respected person, then you watch this film. If you'd rather watch something a little more lighthearted, I will understand. A Private War gets an 8 out of 11. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, the next film of the week is called Prospect. A teenage girl and her father travel to a remote alien moon, aiming to strike it rich. They found a deposit of a valuable and elusive gem hidden in the moon's toxic forest, but when a criminal stumbles along, the daughter may not have any choice but to work with the scoundrel if she wants to get off the moon alive. This stars Pedro Pascal from Kingsman, The Golden Circle, relative newcomer Sophie Thatcher, who is in a couple episodes of Chicago Med, and Jay Duplass from Transparent. You know, I was just looking this movie up just to see if I could find out what the budget was, just because I was going to mention this as a low-budget sci-fi movie and then how it's a perfect example of how to do it but to be honest i don't know what the budget is so i instead of mentioning that i will just say that this movie is a very good light sci-fi film i mean the atmosphere is there you can tell it's sci-fi but they do so without the special effects that we're used to when it comes to this when it comes to this genre there's no there's not a lot there is some but there's not a lot of special effects uh there's not a lot of fancy makeup to make people look alien 
It's just people in suits in what's clearly a forest somewhere in the world. If you, if you stare hard enough, you go, oh yeah, obviously on Earth. But if you let yourself get immersed in the story, it is an alien planet. And I love this. I love this idea. You don't need big budgets to do sci-fi. You don't need all the glitz and glamour. It just helps. It, it just makes it really cool. But you can still do sci-fi on a budget. There I go mentioning budget, even though I don't know this one. But still, even if they did have a budget, this is how you do it. You set the atmosphere. You don't try to do it by getting some cheap CG. No, no, that just takes you out of the movie. That rips you out of it. You create the atmosphere with what you have. And I believe this movie does it perfectly. I truly believe this film could be the next moon where it it's... It's not a big sci-fi film. It's good. And you watch that movie and you're like, wow, that is really good. I'm glad I watched that. And maybe you watch it maybe once a year it comes up, but you add it to your collection and you enjoy it. I don't think this film will have the rewatchability of some of the bigger sci-fi movies. This isn't Star Wars. This isn't Avatar. This isn't Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, this isn't a movie that you would rewatch for its enjoyability. Those movies I just mentioned, or those series I just mentioned, you, you can watch those maybe multiple times a year, just because they are so fun that the enjoyability keeps them from being old. Where I think Prospect comes in is a movie you watch a little less, because it's good, but it doesn't have the distracting CG, it doesn't have the distracting special effects to make it a movie that you can, that you can kind of just zone out to. So I think this is going to be a really good movie with mild rewatchability. You know what? Check this out at least once. Do that. But check it out at home because this doesn't look like it's worth it. It doesn't have that CG that you need the big screen for. It really doesn't. Prospect gets an 8.5 out of 11. By the way, folks, I would like to acknowledge that this is a late episode. It's because Halloween happened and my wife and I spent the day watching movies. We mainly watched um, Hocus Pocus and then a bunch of the Halloween movies. But, you know, time well spent. It gave me an idea for a either a blog or a podcast next year. So that'll be fun. Either trying to remember it or writing it now and then and then remembering to post it at the right time. But anyway, let us move on. We have three movies left before we get into the question of the week. And the next movie is called The Nutcracker and the Four Realms. A young girl is transported into a magical world of gingerbread soldiers and an army of mice. This stars Mackenzie Foy from Interstellar, Kira Knightley from Atonement, Misty Copeland in her first role, Helen Mirren from The Queen, Morgan Freeman from Driving Miss Daisy, and another newcomer named Jaden Bawara Knight. And welcome to the movie that should be called The Nutcracker and the Poor Timing, because why? This, this is a Christmas movie, clearly a Christmas movie. Everything about The Nutcracker has always been Christmas. So I really don't get this timing. It makes no sense to me. So here's the weird thing. Here's the really weird thing. So in November, not only do we have this movie, we have the Nutcracker movie coming out, which is a Christmas movie coming out early November before Thanksgiving, but we also have The Grinch coming out, all right? So that's two Christmas movies. And then in December, we have no Christmas movies whatsoever. We have the biggest movies we have are Vox Lux. We have Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. We have that new Clint Eastwood movie. We have Mortal Engines. 
Aquaman, Bumblebee, Mary Poppins, arguably big movies. We have Holmes and Watson. We we have a lot of, of big ones, but here's the thing. No Christmas films. So even though Nutcracker in the Four Realms and even though Grinch would have had to go up against some pretty big ones, they would have had the benefit of being Christmas movies. So I think their timing is very bad. I do get it. I get not wanting to go up against movies like Aquaman, Bumblebee, Mary Poppins, um, Mortal Engines, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I get it. But what they should have done is had a first week of December release. And so that way they would have stayed in theaters through the holiday season. Because, you know, movies usually stay in theaters four to six weeks, somewhere around there. More if it's a bigger film. So if they waited until the week of December 2nd or hell, even the week of November 30th, which is, of course, as we all know, the last day before December starts, that would have been better timing. Because movies usually stay in the theaters about, what, four weeks? Sometimes more if they're a bigger film, but that w- 